Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Joining us on the program today is a writer, comic, and musician who may some at some point be known as the new man of a thousand faces and a huge Billy Joel fan. He has appeared in the show Reno 911 and the movie Trainwreck. He's also written on Inside Amy Schumer on Comedy Central. You can find the Kyle Dunnigan Show, which is quite brilliant, by the way, on the Kyle Dunnigan channel on YouTube. He will be appearing at the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia, November 19th, and the Helium Club in Philadelphia, everybody's favorite, on December 3rd and 4th, along with other dates you can find on his website, at kyledunnigancomedy.com. Please welcome to the show, the amazing Kyle Dunnigan, everybody. Hello, Kyle. Hello. Thank you for having me. Great intro. And you got plugs in. Yeah, well, nice. of course, it's important. <laughs> I got I plugs when you're, you know, when this comes out, when that so people can go. We have I, uh, listeners from all here. over the world. So hopefully uh, after today, they will want to see you. But quite frankly, Kyle, uh, just this mm-hmm. morning when we were recording this, I just saw your unbelievable Instagram or YouTube rather, but I show it on Instagram, Paul McCartney thing you did. Oh yeah. You're so fucking talented. Thank you. Sometimes I think for a long time, I didn't know it was you. You're on the Howard Stern show all the time. I'm a huge fan. So I didn't even know half of the stuff was you until Sarah Silverman told me, Uh you know, know, when he, the, the, the Caitlyn Jenner is, is Kyle, right? I'm like, what? You know, like I mean, yeah, you're a very good impressionist. And then, thank you. Oh you my know. God, that's terrible. Wow. <laughs> we, did, we did Paul the other night. You know, it'll pickle there. What a bad attitude. Yeah, I got those these face swaps. I can just. Oh my God! My yeah, you that was amazing. Face swap. You won't be able to see it, but you can see it if you go to his YouTube thing. It's amazing that you can just do that. Yeah. How do you do that? Just while we're talking on Zoom. <laughs> I have it all linked up to my computer. It's all linked up. It's uh, so good, hey, Joe Biden. Here. Come on, man. <laughs> Joe. I think you do the best Joe Biden yeah, I've baby. ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> he just, he just did the, those face swaps are amazing. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. He's doing yeah. Caitlyn Jenner. This is only for us because it's an audio podcast. I but we're I know, but it's so awesome. It really looks great. Yeah, that Paul McCartney one was unbelievable. Thank you. I didn't Thank even you. know that was you doing Pete Davidson. I thought it was Pete Davidson. I was like, really? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I really, I don't yeah. know. I thought you maybe, knew. I mean, it's it's flawless. Thank Even you. the look. So I thought it was him. That's so funny. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're so good. And I guess when I was, uh, I don't know, you know, I just called you out of the blue. I didn't know you were a big Billy Joel fan. In fact, with you, yeah. sometimes Kyle it seems like you're pulling a fast one on people. Sometimes, you know, you're like a kind of a scam artist in a way. <laughs> when I read that you had told somebody you were quote, the biggest Billy Joel fan in the world. Mm-hmm. I thought you were making a joke. Oh no, not at all. But That's now I know it to be true. About. So why don't we open with what happened in 1990? Okay. Well, I'll even go just back real quick because I, you know, just felt, I felt very isolated when I was a child. I didn't really like relate too well. And um, like we had a piano in our basement and I just really loved Billy Joel. So I would go down there and just bang out the song. I learned to play the piano, just 
from Billy Joel songs, half the keys were broken on this piano. And so it was actually a good way to learn piano. Just like in I Go to Extremes. That's what happened to him during the video. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the I saw the the uh, Russia one he uh, he broke at uh, one of those. Uh, when he tipped it over, when he was yelling mm -hmm. at the uh, lighting people? Yeah, it was in like a Planet Hollywood or something. I have a oh. picture next to that. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, so in 1990, I was in college. And I'd seen Billy Joel a couple of times, but always in the back, you know, the whatever arena. And this girl was like, do you want to go to Billy Joel? I have an extra ticket. It's the ninth row. And I just was like, my mind exploded. And I had really clear fantasies about rushing the stage. Because I was like a 17 or 18 year old. That's like a big deal to do that. And um, she took the tickets away. What? Last minute. She's like, I'm bringing my other friend. And I already had like fantasies and visions of like jumping on stage. And so then I guess it was like a couple months later, the same tour, it was Stormfront. Me and my friends went, we were in the back row. I think we were just, you could touch the back of Yankee Stadium and they were filming that night. And um, I was like, let's sneak down, see if we can get to the floor. So there's nine of us, we all got down there and everybody got caught right away. Cause there's people, flashlights, security, middle of your ticket. And ours said tear on it, really big letters. And I, I don't believe in magic or anything like that, but there's something when you were very focused on something, I do feel like people sense it. And I kept giving my ticket every 15 feet. There was like a guard, you know, and they kept telling me where I wanted to go. They kept like letting me go and I got all the way around. And then I went to the front of the stage and then everyone rushed, you know, cause they hadn't rushed it yet. I go to the extremes was playing ironically. Oh, <laughs> and so now I'm like, I got to jump on stage, you know? because this is what I had imagined. And now I'm right here. And this, I was too scared because I thought I'd get beat up. And this girl was next to me. And I said, you want to jump on stage with me? Which looking back is probably a pretty cowardly thing to think. Let me get this lady up there. She'll run slower, you know? But it's also brilliant to ask a girl to come on because then you have less chance of like, oh, it's okay. Cause there's a girl with me. Exactly. Yeah. Not, a lone man could be a murderer. <laughs> exactly. So now he's like saying good night. And I'm like, I gotta, I have to do this. And, oh, I, <laughs> This is a long story, sorry, it's, but there's no, more to it that's brilliant. important. When I was in college, I, I hadn't had sex yet. Uh, I had tried and I had never gotten a yes. So I was walking back from a party by myself, um, which was a common occurrence. And this girl was on a balcony, it was in my Spanish class, and she was drunk. And she goes, Kyle Dunnigan, get up here. <laughs> and I was like, me? So I go up there and she had sex with me immediately. You know, there's no, I just remember like right away and this had never happened. So I was really actually, I don't want to say traumatized, <laughs> but it was a shocking, disturbing thing because she had skull and crossbones over her bed, like this flag. I had cut my finger and it was back when AIDS, you got AIDS immediately. Yeah. That's remember 1990. But if you had <laughs> sex unprotected, you got, you had AIDS. So also at my school, I called the nurse. I'm like, do you guys give AIDS tests? And they said, no, they didn't even give them out then. You know, it was, it was just not done at the colleges. So I was too young to go, okay, Kyle, now you have to call a hospital and get yourself there. I didn't have a car, whatever. I just didn't do it. I just lived with AIDS for like a year. I was convinced. I didn't think I did. I knew I had AIDS. So um, I'm at the concert and I was too scared to jump on stage. And then I remembered, I have AIDS. <laughs> I'm going to die anyway. And that propelled me with the strength of knowing that I was going to die anyway onto the stage. 
first time AIDS did a good thing is what I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was fighting with a guy behind Bill. There's, there's footage of it. Have you seen the footage? I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. there's footage of it because um, they filmed that night and they put it in the uh, concert. And then cut to, the guy just like let me down. But I was like, don't touch me. Don't, don't hurt me. I have AIDS. I didn't say that. But so then like 25 years later. Well, that's what I was going to say. So wait, so, so you got on stage. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I know what happened 25 years later. We're going to go to yeah. that, right? I patted but, him on the back. I said, good job. He said, hey, thanks. And then a bouncer just nailed him in the shoulder. You could see on the video. And then we're just like fighting behind him because he's saying goodbye. And um, I couldn't, I didn't know where my friends were. This was Yankee Stadium. There's 50,000 people now leaving the stadium. I didn't know where my car was. I was suddenly like, I'm in New York City. I have no idea how to get home, you know? And I just walked into my friends. Well, what, what, yeah. what, when you went up and you patted him on the back, was he looking at you like he was scared or was he like, the thanks, first, buddy? I think it was like, does that guy have a knife? Oh, no, it's a little scrawny kid. And then he was like, <laughs> That's <laughs> unbelievable. But right now, cut to 25 years later. Almost and- to the day, by the way, 25 years. So um, Amy uh, Schumer, who, who did train wreck and, and Billy Joe was kind of in the movie because of me, you know, she just put him in, in the, uh, his music in the movie. And at the end, she dances to him. And then so he asked her to come on stage at uh, in, I guess, it was Wrigley Field in Chicago. Right. Um. And so she she offered to have me go because you know I was the reason I was in there, and then she knew you were also a huge. Yeah, I mean this yeah. is going to be a really nice mm-hmm. gesture for somebody to do to, for and, somebody else. Yes, and I was at the same time in a poker tournament, and I was the chip leader after a day, and this was like a million dollar prize. This is Elon's favorite thing. Yes, he loves so, yeah, like know, poker. Yeah, and so I hate poker now. So there's too much. <laughs> I hate it, especially online. So. I, I like donkeyed off my chip. I played kind of crazy and I lost on that day because I had to like go the next day to go to this concert. Um, but I was happy I did it. But I may, I may have had a lot more money now if I didn't have to go to this Billy Joel thing. <laughs> but I got there and then it was, um, oh, Jennifer Lawrence was staying in our hotel room, which was like a nerve wracking. Amy just got like a, a two bedroom condo. And she's like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence is coming. And I was like, okay. I've and heard then, all these stories because Rachel Feinstein is my friend. So she, you know, when Amy started becoming friends with Jennifer Lawrence, she was always hanging out with Amy and Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. So those two became quite close. Yeah. Yeah. But it is crazy, right? <laughs> like, you're like, yes. This is weird. It's weird, you know? And then, um, so we go to the concert and. Um, the three oh, of you. There's a couple, there's like Five of us. I think her manager or agent was there. Her sister and her, her sister, right? She's from husband. Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, or lives there now. Right. Yes, I think they live in Connecticut now. But yeah, they were in Chicago. right. She did right. Okay. Yeah. So there, it was rehearsal. You know, we went to rehearsal to practice, and it was just crazy because I was where I was, also an outdoor stadium, twenty five years earlier, and then um, she was on stage with them and invited me up. So now I was like invited up, and I went the same way. But wait, you know, wait, this is during the show or during eight. rehearsal? No, during rehearsal. But it was like okay. an out, you know, it was outdoor stadium, just like Yankee Stadium. And so I'm going up like the same way. I went up like 25 years earlier. This time I was like kind of invited. It was, it was, uh, and then like I got pictures with them. It was super nice and everything, of course. And then we just practiced this dance, whatever. And we just danced on the, on the uptown girl. I like that you're just saying, side. you know, and whatever. 
Um, but well, uh, like they didn't want, no one wanted me there. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I understand uh, that. Yeah. Uh, I just was just uh, piggy. But Amy wanted along. you there. Well, yeah, I guess. Um, and it, it was so just coming out. I just can't imagine the feeling he has when you come out and 60,000 people are like, Rah! it's just such a crazy amount of energy that he feels all the time. He described that once of, it's it's just so strange because then after the show's over, you go and you're just a guy in a van or whatever. You just yeah, have this unimaginable amount of tension. And you know from doing stand-up, there's something lonely about it where you just, if you go on the road, which I'm about to do a little bit, it's like you're alone for 23 hours. Then you have too much attention for an hour. Then you're alone for 23 hours. And you have too much attention for an hour. You feel almost uh, like you're on another planet. Um, I'm sure he feels that like on a bigger scale. Yeah. So, but with this, um, what you did that day, I thought I had heard that you showed him the video of you. Oh, I did. Okay. Yes. Yes. After the rehearsal, I have video of me showing him the video. He was like, I respect that. I respect that. (laughs) Did he remember it? No. no. In a way, because he was there. Yeah. He's probably like, I kind of saw that at some point. Um, but no, he wasn't like, I remember you. You were my favorite. The only kid <laughs> who ever jumped on stage. <laughs> yeah, it was during a filming. So he may have seen it just by having to review a film that you know went out to the world. So, so then uh, you rehearsed, but then the actual night of the show, you all went on stage and danced to Uptown Girl. Yeah, it was so surreal. It was just crazy surreal. For and were you day. on the piano? Just no, Amy and Jennifer were on the piano. That would have been were- funny. That yeah, would have okay. been funny if I joined them on the piano. <laughs> get off I have AIDS. <laughs> I remember me. I, I used years to have AIDS with AIDS. Yeah. Today. You're the Magic Johnson of Billy Joel fan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow, that is yeah. unbelievable. I love Billy Joel. His music, like, just um, it scored my childhood. Well, still... that's you know the people we've we've had Gary Goldman on, and um, I don't know if you know my friend Danny Vermont who works at Politico yeah. or Bill Maher show, who you do an amazing imitation of, by the way, also. Okay, oh, yeah. people, let's talk about Billy Joel. Big deal. Things condescending with him. <laughs> it's so oh, good. really? Is he that great? He's not. Okay. I'll tell you who was great. Frank Sinatra. Those facial <laughs> things are unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I just pop them on, you know. Can't believe just how good it pop. is. <laughs> just give him a little pop there, you know. Just put them on. It's a little keystroke. Oh, you can just see me there sitting there in like jo- joyful glee, like um, uh, Elon. What's the 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 Nelson that uh, in that uh, when he's seeing Andrew? Who's the Paul Anka? Andy, Andy Williams. Andy Williams at the, uh, the singing Moon River. Right, mm. and he's just sitting there with his mouth open, like I didn't think he was going to do Moon River, and then bam, second <laughs> encore. <laughs> That's the way I am smiling at you. It's amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> These things I could watch this for hours. Cool. Um, yeah. So wait. So yeah. So we were going to say we have these two people on who have you know like me too had similar stories about kind of being a loner and mm-hmm. how Billy Joel speaks to us in many ways. Let alone the song we just did because this is we've gotten to the eyes. I don't want to be alone. And mm-hmm. uh, these kind of songs resonated with people like us who started out as loners. Yeah. And uh, yeah, what was the song that did it for you in particular? I don't remember the first. Oh, I do remember my friend. I was probably in, I think it was in 10th grade and uh, or no, it was younger. 
I was I was sleeping over a friend's house. I was from like twelve or thirteen, yeah. And he had a his sister had an album. She, she had um, Street Life Serenader, and I I loved Roberta. I loved that song. And then after it is um, um, Root Beer Rag, and I was like, God, that piano is just so good. And I just wanted to play that, you know, be able to play that. Those are the first two that I really also I knew noticed- I, I I liked him before that, like I you know just the way you are. Stuff that was on the radio, but this is the first time I heard stuff that was on the radio, and I think. His stuff that's not on the radio. Some of it is uh, some of my favorite stuff. Did you hear the uh, Andrew Dice Clay Billy Joel thing on Instagram the other day or on YouTube? No. YouTube? He calls it uh, Billy. I, he's backstage. He goes, Billy, I like uh, that song just the way we was. <laughs> just the way we was. So. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing, too. We had Alex Sulkin on as well. And oh, yeah. all you guys play the piano. Well, you're a little bit more accomplished. You're accomplished. Uh, but those guys are just. Uh, like meat and potatoes piano play, you know, and yeah, and they just only learned the piano to play Billy Joel songs. Yeah, so I find that interesting too. That it it's the piano that seems to speak to people. That like this is what I would like to do. Like you said with root beer rag, which of course makes so much. I mean, if you have the mindset, be like, this is what I want to play because that's that's one of the ones I'd be like, well, I'll never be able to play that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm the angry, opposite way. <laughs> angry man too. It's another one. Like I gotta learn. Wait, can you do that? Can you do I the could, uh, Yeah. Let me see if I can play. I have like a, a thing here, but it's not, it doesn't have the tight action, so it may not pop up. Let me see if I can. We would be very interested to hear if you can. And do a Billy Joel face swap while you do it. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a Billy Joel face swap. I don't have one. <laughs> it's funny every time. <laughs> Mr. Pickle. It goes to the computer. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you the ultimate question because we're still confused. How is it done? Because we we've you know for years I thought it was the the tap you know the two typing fingers tapping and then somebody told me he does it all in one hand because he still has to go to the other keys. How is it that it's, first part it's played? It's your thumb and your finger like that on the C, and you do this. Thumb finger, thumb finger. look at him he's doing that yeah it's like blurring that's how fast your hands are moving have you gone to the madison square garden show no and we need I to. Went to that too you did Not or to you brag haven't? i went to that too oh and um he that's the greatest gig i think anyone's ever had because he lives in long island a helicopter lands on his yard and then he gets helicoptered right to the you know dock and then he just takes a four block drive and then he picks up a million whatever dollars yep. and he gets back his helicopter. You can't ask for a better gig than that. No. And the best part is, and the reason why everybody is still going and he's just going to keep doing it is because we also know he loves doing it. He's not a dick about it. You know, he's just like, I'm really enjoying doing this on a monthly basis. And that's why we're always surprised why he doesn't play certain songs that we like. You know, like, I mean, if you're there for the rest of your life doing monthly, we always talk about, for instance, a Code of Silence, which nobody likes. Oh, I love that song. Really? I have a Code of Silence story. This girl, and I just, I, I loved her when I was like a freshman. And I just I was very shy, you know? And uh, we were kind of friendly, but whatever. And then she gave me the Code of Silence song with all the lyrics written out. So it's like the song was 
giving me some sort of message. And I was hoping it was like an I love you or something. But then I'm, if you see the lyrics, it's like you're hiding a secret. And I'm just like, does she think I'm gay? This girl that I love with? Because is that what? I never ask. Like, you're young. You don't ask. You know, you don't go, what was that about? I just took it and I was like, thank you. But anyway. She's like, I know you like Billy Joel. So here's his greatest <laughs> song. Yeah. I know you have AIDS. It's pre-AIDS. Yeah, Coda. I always see that when I hear Coda Silence. I just laugh. Like, I, I, I really want to ask her now. It's just too late. It's just too long ago. No, it's not too late. It's never too late to figure out the answer to something that's been plaguing you for all these many years. Yes, to a beautiful song. What is your favorite Billy Joel song? We always ask this question. It moves around depending on a, on a mood. Piano Man's so in me that I feel like I can't go without that. Allentown. Frenchman, I really like. I can't, can't remember the name. Like, Cette Cette <laughs> oh my I God. love that fucking song. Just we liked it too, but the French part is disturbing. So it's... I like it how it's weird. And it's not correct. Someone told me that French part. Oh, I love, of course, um, Summer Highland Falls. Right. My favorites. That seems to be a, a fan favorite when we ask yeah. people. She's yeah. Always a Woman is such a good song. Those are my tops. That's an interesting list. No one would, I think, would ever say Cette Toi. So that is very unique yeah. to throw that one out there. That's, yeah. his least, I mean, that's his least favorite song. Italian restaurants. I know. I think he's wrong. I think I like it. <laughs> yeah, I call that song Scenes from a French Restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does so many different genres. I don't know. It's like a whole different skill that other artists don't do. Yeah. Um, and that we talk about that a lot in the sense of the, you know, whatever The Stranger was, which is his own genre, genre he made up. But then 52nd Street is supposed to be a jazz album. Glass House is supposed to be his rock album. And Innocent Man is his 50s album. You know, it's amazing. It's, a, it's mm -hmm. a, I guess that's why we like him, especially somebody like you who's so creative. It makes a lot of sense that you would like Billy Joel. I, I do like to jump around genres. I do get bored if it's on one. Like I can't listen to Nirvana all the time. You know, but I could be on an island with like a Billy Joel. Also, I I, I don't think he is is got the range, but I do like um, Elton John's. I think there's a lot of Elton John Billy Joel crossover people because the piano. Oh yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. I, I saw them together in concert. What do you think about their feud? What feud? Well, but Elton's like you got to write more songs. Billy's like you should maybe you should write less songs. <laughs> you mean he just wants him to continue writing? Which we yes, you he want he's he was bullying Billy and did like he should write more songs. It's funny he doesn't need to with this Madison well, that, Square Garden. Well, that's what we keep talking about, Madison Square Garden. If you're 23, 24, or whatever, you, you could play Falling of the Rain from Cold Spring Harbor, and who wouldn't sit there and be like, oh, my God, it's a new song I never heard before. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. he must have a whole catalog of ones I've never heard before. And, you know, you can just go to the ones that you never did and redo them and you know, and plus, we know he's written other songs that he has written down. It's odd that he doesn't want to try them. Here's something never asked on your show before. You ready for this? Yeah. You have to answer it, both of you, honestly. You ready? What's the worst Billy Joel song? Well, okay. We have a good answer for this, I think. <laughs> House of Blue Light. Okay. That's my of, answer. Dave, do you agree with that? Yeah, of course we do. All of our listeners agree with that as well. House of Blue Light, the flip side of We Didn't Start the Fire or the 45. It's not on House any of album. Blue Light. You mentioned this earlier. I, I don't love the song. I mean, I can't write any like songs as good as him, but it was the last one on The Stranger you guys mentioned earlier. 
everybody has, has a, dream. a dream. I know you guys you like that. No, no, no. We like the I, we like yeah. the San Francisco 1975 version. It's different. We do oh, okay. not care for that like one over, except for the fact that it's it's it rounds out the album if you're listening to it on a whole. But yeah. right, yes, I would not want to listen to it in my headphones. There's also a good version by the Manhattans, which Dave doesn't like, but I think it's really, really good, which is like a full on like Motowny kind of version of that song. It really works. Uh-huh. They were a stupid band. Now, Billy Joel shaved his head. So maybe I should just do that. No, don't do that. You look terrific. <laughs> Alon, do you have any other questions for Kyle? Yeah. What do you think of Billy Joel as an impressionist? Ooh. Is he, does he do impressions? Yeah, Early there's, on, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In the seventies, he did Bruce Springsteen, Paul Simon, Joe Cocker, oh, yeah, Paul McCartney. He do really good singing impressions. Yes. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah, he was I think that's why we like him all. I mean, he's, you, you, Gary Goldman, me all on the, a lot of comedians really like him because he was funny mm-hmm. and he wasn't, you know, he didn't take things seriously and he certainly didn't look like a rock star. And I think that's what we all just fell in love with, let alone, you write a song called My Life and you're talking about doing a stand-up routine in L.A. How are we not going to like that? Uh, no. Although Who else is going to like Kurt Cobain's never going to write that song. <laughs> <laughs> that He found a new melody line in My Life live. I don't know if you heard recently. His Ooh. My Life. Really? He found a really great... I mean, it's better than the original. I'm just going to play you the one. Yeah, no, please. We haven't gotten that. to that song yet, so I would like to hear this too. What? Oh, <laughs> sorry. It's popped up. Oh God, I can't close this. I cannot close this. Sorry. <laughs> it's Billy Joel really, Hell. It's just Code of mine. Silence forever. He really does like Code of Silence. It's no gag. All right, this is uh, a new melody. It's really good. Just cool. uh, he changed the whole melody. On I that. like that. It's and really see, good. Elon, he could totally do that to like, I don't want to be alone. Cut out that fucking stupid opening and get to the part we want to hear. You know, <laughs> if he can do it with this, why can't he do it with some of the other songs that stink? You know, when people change a melody or you go to a concert, you're like, no, you wanted to hear how you heard in the album. Yeah, because I want to sing it. along to the songs. And then when they do it totally differently, yeah. you're like, ah, I can't. Can't I don't do know. it. But he that finds cool. He finds like a good melody. That, um, exactly. We can trust can't him do to do that. Yes. He's like the one guy you can completely. Do you think he listens to this podcast and he hears us? No. <laughs> do, you think he, do you think he's going to come on? Maybe one day we would give anything if at when we finish with Zanzibar. <laughs> I mean, that would be the ultimate really unbelievable thing for us you know i kind of know him because i've jumped on stage twice i could probably oh yeah him. no yeah right he'd love to hear from you again remember we're that first time friends. in 1990 and then again when i danced with uh Je- yeah. well, you were there with amy schumer and jennifer mm-hmm. lawrence i i wasn't paying attention to the boys <laughs> yeah he was it's one of those things where he, he was nice to me but you go would you have been nice to me if i wasn't with jennifer lawrence yeah i think we all know the answer to that i think we do I, I, I understand because I, you know, do the same thing with Sarah Silverman. I always wonder if anybody would be nice to me if I wasn't. You know, it's funny. I, I was, we were in New York for like a week and we were staying at the, uh, the Bowery hotel. Of course. And she was, that's huh? That's her place. Yeah. And, and she was sick. So I went out to get her like cough medicine and I'm like, 
boy, people are in a crabby mood today. And the cough, they got the cough message. And I realized I'd been with her for like a week and the world is nicer when you're with someone who's famous. And then you go out alone and they're just like crabby. And I, I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing that the world is nice. It's friendlier when you're famous. You, you literally have another experience with the well, world. Especially at the Bowery Hotel. That's what they live for there. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're waiting for, you know, if you're not famous, they kick you out. Yes. Can I help you, sir? Then I have to back out. You're like, do I have to pay for this cough medicine? <laughs> yeah, they're they're so smart there with their they were like, we're gonna make this hotel old fashioned. So it's all old fashioned because the, the rooms are really small. So, so like, this small. is how it was back then. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. And I can't stand <laughs> it there and tiny. I can't stand when she wants to go there just to have a cup of coffee. I'm like, that snobatorium. <laughs> I wouldn't join this crummy snobatorium if you paid. Uh, uh, snobatorium. Is that uh, who you're doing? Little Rodney, yeah. Yeah. No, actually, that's a good point. We we interviewed Dennis Blair, who co-wrote Easy Money, the movie with Rodney Dangerfield. And he had a story of meeting Billy Joel in the 70s and being like, hey, I'm a big fan, Billy. And Billy was like, you want to watch me take a shit? It was really rude <laughs> to him. But then he met him a couple of years later with Rodney and Billy was like totally cool and friendly. Oh, you never know. So he confronted Billy in a bathroom, though, I, I hope. You know, at a bar, but Billy was just like really drunk and grizzled already. Oh, yeah. And that, but it turns out that this guy is the reason why the Innocent Man album exists because he wrote the movie and then Billy was writing the song for the movie and said, I want to do a bunch of songs like these. Oh, is that right? So we give uh, Dennis uh, credit for. Coming up with the is Innocent that a, Man album. Is that a 50s song? Yeah, it's got the same swagger to it. What is it? Uh, James Brown in that one? Is that the one he's... Yeah, I think Easy one? Money was in the James Brown style. So like early 60s. Come back, uh, bummer a king. That one? What? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Easy money. You say I fool oh, myself. I so bad. I don't know anything about Billy Joel. <laughs> I love that you're running this podcast. <laughs> I remember in college, a kid had written Billy Joel. What, what the... Um, what is it? What does a real estate novelist mean? And then Billy Joel wrote him back. Use your fucking imagination. Oh my God. He's so I remember thinking like, wow, that's cool. That guy got Billy Joel to write him back. But I was like, he seems surly. I don't know if it's a true story. Someone told me that. Yeah, it is now. <laughs> also, what is a real estate novelist? That's a good question. I don't know. Alon, do you know? No, there's no answer to that question. I think it, I mean, I assume it's like you write the blurb up about the real estate property. property You're like, I guess. four bedrooms, three bathrooms. Yeah, a gorgeous foyer brings you into this luxurious mid-modern century. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a fun time. It's like Elaine writing for yeah. the Peterman catalog. Oh, yes. Well, That's... Kyle, thank you so much for coming I on I feel like show. I've talked too much. No, too much. no sorry. it's beautiful. No, what are you, crazy? I talk too much. That's the problem. I don't let my guests <laughs> Oh, if I feel bad for Alani. <laughs> I really want you to replace your battle of brawn with a Billy Joel poster, though. Just not oh, I do a different deal. poster every week. I have. Uh... Oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Do you know I went out with I went out with on two dates with Clueless? What? Alicia Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, we went on two dates. You know, for and... somebody that didn't get laid a lot in college, you certainly have made up for it, my friend. I have gone over my head um, later in life, out out of my league. Yeah, no, I was really nervous because I, you know, I I had a big crush on her in the 90s. Me too. And I was just like, I have a crush on her now. Yeah. And she's really sweet. 
and and uh, she was really nice. But um, I, I've never had less in common with a human being in my life. But, you've um, never had what? Oh, less in common. Less in right. common. Yeah, well, she likes all that sweet. And... That's you know the way she feeds her kid and all that kind of stuff. The yeah, compost she, stuff. She even said much. to me like, "I feel like my my son's my boyfriend." She oh, that's awkward. Mm. But they say you got to do that. It, it, if kid feels like loved and hugged by their mom, they they grow up less anxious and stuff, and it's like healthier. Well, I guess we'll so, see, won't we? Yes. If yes. It, up okay, it is an interesting <laughs> experiment. I was actually at the party that became the next day. There was a picture of her feeding her child where she was chewing. Oh, spade. you were there? Uh, I was at that. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, well, I was, I, I don't know if that's where the picture came from, but the next day that was in the papers. I don't know if someone from the party told or whatever. Wow. But, uh, well, you're pretty just, cool, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kyle I? Dunnigan, your YouTube channel is great. Your imitations you. are amazing. And if you want to catch Kyle on the road doing that stuff live, Please, I get really nervous that no one's going to come to my shows every time. And I, I want to cancel them because I go, what if nobody is, uh, or it's like a little empty. I would assume that so the Howard bad. Stern show alone would just. They don't really plug out. my dates. Well, don't worry. Billy Joel A to Z is plugging your dates. Yeah, yeah. baby. So I'm saying by the time this comes out, it would be, I know you're at Largo, but uh, this will be yeah. coming out after that. And then, uh, so then Arlington, Virginia is the first one. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but then you're coming here, you're coming to Brooklyn. Philly, yeah, I'll be in Connecticut and Boston. Connecticut, right? Boston, Laugh Boston. I was just there in June. You'll be there in December. Yeah. That was a fun club. But do you also stage. play the piano when you're on stage too? Do I, you go for I it all? Do. Like I saw you do when you opened for Sarah that time? I do sometimes uh, play the piano, yeah. I usually have that in, in my ride. I have a piano there, and it's usually like a 13-key piano they'll put where <laughs> you can't even play it. Well, you see, so. folks, that's the thing. If you go to see Kai, you're going to see a well-rounded out show, which is the kind of stuff that I like. Not just stand up. You're going to see a whole bunch of stuff. The man is an entertainer. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so was, thank you. And and uh, I'm glad this podcast exists. I love I, I love all Billy Joel. Well, we appreciate you saying that as well. Yes. But Kyle Dunnigan, thank you so much for coming on. You, We know for a fact you are truly a big Billy Joel fan. And I can't yes. even believe you got to touch his back. And I you did. gave him AIDS. Amazing. <laughs> I did. And we both lived through it. How do you like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, you guys. Have a great rest of the day. You too. And uh, we'll we'll see you soon. I'll be back. I'll be back east. We'll have some more. Yeah, no, we'll definitely hang out, and I'm definitely going to come see your full show. Awesome. Your, your imitations are fucking awesome. You know, I'm a big Howard fan, so I love you anyway. So, thank you. <laughs> but I, I like you as a person too, even though the time you we just hung up on the roof uh, in Amy's place, it was you know nice. Yeah, yeah. All right, see you later, Kyle. Take care. Bye. And now another episode of Bill Maher reading to children. Okay, this is Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss. I do not like green eggs and ham. Oh, really? He doesn't like rotten food? What a shocker. New rule. If you crack open an egg and green shit comes out, don't put it in your mouth. Put it in the fucking garbage. Keep it to yourself. It's